0: do sit down. (laughs) So my theme is God's unfailing love. So when I was looking at what to talk about uh, this Sunday, I looked at all the readings and none of them just spoke to me and I was... uh, Constantly, Rosie was saying, so tell me your readings, tell me your readings. And I was out cycling last weekend and just saying, talking to God and saying, I don't know what to talk to them about, Lord. And I felt him very clearly say to me, tell them about me. Tell them about the kind of God and Father I am. Not Jesus or the Holy Spirit, although they are one with the Father. But tell them about me. So the first reading in Exodus was very easy to come to, as you'll see later, because it's God telling us about him. But the gospel was trickier. There's a very obvious one uh, in John 14, where before the cross, Philip is saying to Jesus, show us the Father. And you can hear Jesus saying, ah, Philip, 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 Philip. How long have I been with you? And you still don't realise that when you look at me, you see the Father. But no, I wasn't drawn to that. I was drawn to a surprising one, the one that Ros read, the baptism. Very familiar to us. And we see Jesus coming out of the water after he's dedicated himself to his Father, And his father speaks and he and at least John and probably everyone around hears God say, this is my most beloved son. I am so pleased with you. This is very good. So why this reading? I think because it tells us something important about God's heart for his children. Because for the first time when I read this, I noticed something new in the reading that may be very familiar to you, which is that at this point, Jesus has done nothing. No miracles, as far as we know, no healing, no teaching, he hasn't called disciples, he hasn't even overcome the temptation of Satan, that comes next. He's done nothing. And yet the father looks at his most beloved son and says, so pleased with you. This is very good. And to me, there was an echo of the love that we see at the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1, at creation. If you remember the story where God's creating everything in the universe and he's saying, I'm pleased with this, I'm pleased with this, this is good, yes. And then you get the pinnacle, humanity, us. And he looks at us and all he's made and he goes, this, I'm so pleased with this. This is just perfect. He doesn't, which may be surprising to us, say, well, there's a few glitches, a few things I need to iron out. We're quite not quite there yet. He looks at all creation, it says in Genesis, and he says, this is perfect just right I'm very pleased and I think we can ponder that and if you take the two together that we need to learn the truth that God actually looks through all the dross that we may have collected or that may be in us and through Adam is in us he sees below all of that and he goes yes You're just as I planned you. Yes, I created you and I'm very pleased. Does that mean that anything goes, that it doesn't matter what we do or what we do wrong? Well, Paul in Romans 6 makes it very clear. He says, this must never be. And it's not until Romans 12 or 13, uh, as Paul does, he then goes on to uh, an aside that he says that knowing how much you are loved, that should lead us to walk properly. And that brings us to the Old Testament reading, the easy one, Exodus 34, or the easy one to choose. And I think it's a passage that is often passed by and deserves a lot of attention because it is God revealing himself to us as an intimate God. And recommendation that, you know, on your own or with a group, or I would really recommend, uh, if you feel called, to take a concordance sometimes and look at this passage. Look at some of the key words, and you'll be able to test the truth of what I'm about to say to you. And God will probably reveal something new and unique to you that comes solely to you. And for any who are interested, there's a lot of really easy concordances. The Blue Letter Bible is an online one. If you feel drawn to it, I'm sure there are lots of people, Tim or I, could show you how to do that. But I'm going to take you through some of the things that God says to take a deeper look at what he wants us to know. So, top of Mount Sinai, God has called Moses up. He's been up and down the mountain a few times to talk to God. And God comes down, he says, and for 40 days, God and Moses sit together and God teaches Moses. The the rabbis, the sages, the old Jewish sages say that God came down and he wrapped himself in a tallet, in a prayer shawl, so that his face was covered and he sat and taught Moses. So, where did he begin? And you might think to yourself, well, it's obvious the Ten Commandments, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. The very first place he begins is he wants to teach Moses about himself, the type of father that he truly is to his children. So as Esme read, first he says his name and he says it twice, I am, I am, Yahweh, Yahweh. And in the Bible, when a word is repeated, it always means this is really profound and important. You think of Jesus when he says, truly, truly, or verily, verily. It's like he's saying, pay attention, this is important. It's the same in the Old Testament. And it's like God saying, you know, this is, this is fundamentally important. I am, I am. I am the beginning and end of all beingness, all life. And that might make you think of revelations where four times Jesus speaks to John, St. John, and says, I am the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. And then he goes on to list the things that are most important for us to know about him. They're called the 13 attributes. The first thing he says is, I'm deeply loving. It's often translated merciful, but literally the word, if you choose to, look it up, it literally uh, brings forward a picture of a mother who is protecting and carrying a child within herself. And again, that made me think of Matthew 23, where Jesus, before the cross, looks at Jerusalem and says, Oh, if you only knew how I'd longed to gather you together like chicks to a mother... So deeply loving. He says, I'm gracious. Now this is a multifaceted word. There's a sense of giving in this, of giving, mercy, favour, healing, strength, raising us up on our feet from any and all distress. So loving and gracious, slow to anger or long-suffering, now, we often think of God as angry. And I've heard people say, oh, I don't read the Old Testament because I don't like the God there. He's, he's too angry. And yet God is saying the reverse. He's saying, no, I'm, I'm actually the, re- the reverse of that. And we can see evidence of that if you read through the Old Testament, not focusing on just one incident because we see evidence of his patience, his commitment, right from the garden, through the wilderness, into the the birth of Jesus and beyond. It continues now, where we see that he keeps lifting us up and forgiving us. So slow to anger. And then he says two things. I am abundantly good and abundantly true. And these two little words often go together. You'll see them translated sometimes as mercy and truth. And they're fundamental. So truth, emet, and good, or love, or mercy, hesed, which some of you will have heard me allude to that before. So emet, literally, it means more than just true. It means faithful, reliable, trustworthy. So he's saying, I'm abundantly trustworthy. And chesed, this is an impossible word to translate. All the scholars that I've come across agree that it holds such a depth and breadth of meaning, which is why, when it's translated, there are more than a dozen words that are used in the Old Testament. It's as if, you can imagine the translators going, well, it's a bit like this. But it's a word that always refers to God, And it comes up about 250 times. So it's really fundamental. It's one of his fundamental attributes. And in essence, it describes God's loving kindness, his mercy, his grace, his kindness, his goodness, his unfailing love. And he's saying, I'm abundantly all of these things. There's a lovely anonymous writer who I think summed it up the best I've heard. He says... Chesed is when the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. And doesn't that make us think of Jesus? The one from whom we have a right to expect nothing. And he has given us everything. So chesed we also see in the life of Jesus. He is, if you like, Hesed manifest. And then finally, God repeats his goodness, his Hesed again, and he he says, I am a God who guards, protects this profound and abundant love or goodness, this Hesed, for multitudes. How does he do this? He says, by forgiving, by forgiving wickedness or guilt, by forgiving rebellion where we willfully turn away, by forgiving sin or our shortcomings, literally means just missing the bullseye. He says, by forgiving all of these things. So the final word, forgive, it's a word we... Oh, we know what it means and we bandy it about but actually if you look at it literally what he's is saying is I lift them up I carry them I bear them I take them away all of that is wrapped up in that little word forgive which of course is fulfilled and completed by and through Jesus who lifts up all of that forgiving everything and bears it on himself, away from us, makes us think of the cross. So there's much, much more that you can explore about that, but this is just a few essentials. This is who God is saying, I really am. When you go through all of the stories, this is who I am. And you can see that worked out and revealed in Jesus So the baptism speaks of the father's love for his son. But it also, I think, points to the love that he has that he spoke at the very beginning. You and I are essentially beloved of God. Through, he sees through all of the, the stuff to the person that he created us to be. And the second that this father, our father, unlike any earthly father, good or bad, he tells us, I am unlike any of those. You can trust me abundantly because I am love, goodness itself. I am faithful, patient, gracious, deeply loving, abundant in goodness and forgiving, taking from you and bearing myself All, every last jot that is not perfect in you, I carry it away because I am abundantly love. So I leave you with that quote again, love or mercy. God is saying, when the one from whom I have a right to expect nothing has given me Everything. Amen.